we are all natural-born storytellers, whether you think of yourself that way or not. The stories that mold and shape our lives oftentimes become foundational parts of our growth, healing, and even generational experiences. Welcome to Awaken Your Soul, a storytelling podcast that shares moments of awakening, trials and tribulations, truth, and vulnerability in the words and voice of the featured storyteller. And now, a life-changing story from this week's guest. Hi, my name is Katie Selby, and I am a paraeducator in St. Louis, Missouri, and I would love to share my life story with you today. When I was three years old, I wasn't communicating like typical developing children. My doctor suggested to my mom that I needed speech therapy. Well, the insurance company would only pay for it if my doctor was the one giving me the speech therapy. My doctor didn't offer this. So my parents researched private therapies, but it was expensive. A family member told my parents about a school in my local area that had a early childhood program, and I began speech therapy, then was evaluated for other disabilities. My mom told me that she remembers thinking my terrible twos began at three and a half to four years of age. The best way I knew how to communicate was through facial expressions and body language. I would jump up and down and smile when I was happy or excited. I would exhibit tantrum behaviors such as throwing myself to the ground and lunging backwards, almost hitting my head when I was frustrated or unhappy. My parents and teachers purposely ignored my pointing and gestures to encourage me to talk. My behaviors were the only way I could let my parents and teachers know how frustrated I was and my nonverbal expressions were working. When my parents and teachers understood that my tantrum behavior was related to my frustration with language, they began to figure out ways to help me effectively communicate my wants and needs. In kindergarten, I was diagnosed with learning disabilities in reading comprehension, written expression, and math. And as well in kindergarten, I said my first full sentence, and to this day, I wish I knew what those first words were. And I went through the special education system from three years of age to high school. And in elementary school and middle school, I did not have that great of support with understanding self-advocacy skills. I did not speak up and ask for help, and my teachers did not really know how to teach me those skills. When I was a junior in high school, that's when things changed. I had a speech and language pathologist who brought me out of my shell and told me to ask one of my general education teachers for help on questions instead of always going to her. And to this day, I believe that that didn't happen. I want to be where I'm at today. As well in high school, I was transitioning from high school to college. I had a guidance office counselor tell me that I should just get a job as a childcare worker. And I had other people tell me that maybe college isn't right for me. So I went ahead and tried college to see if I could be successful. And I always knew in the back of my mind that if it it wasn't for me, I could just get a job. 
I started college at a local community college, summer of 1999. I took one class to help make the transition smooth. Then in the fall of 1999, I took three classes instead of the full 12 hours. I completed an associate's degree in early childhood education. Then I decided I was not finished with my college education. So I took classes that would transfer to a four-year university. Those classes were some of my hardest classes. It took me years to get through math. I had tried math tutors at school, but they didn't know how to support my learning. So then I had private tutors. In college, I had some professors who did not believe in me as well as other people, like my vocational rehabilitation counselor. I remember times when it felt like no one believed in me, not even myself. My parents even felt that I was not college material because I would not be able to read body language to help other people in the career I chose. I had two access office counselors that supported me the best that they could until I finally found a counselor that really understood me. I finished my transferring classes in spring semester of 2008. During that semester, my access office counselor and I looked at local colleges and undergrad programs that would be best for me. I then finally decided to attend Maryville University and get a degree in Rehabilitation Services Independent Living. I did get support through the Disability Services Office at Maryville for one year until I decided that my college professors would be more helpful. I also received support from my access office counselor at Merrimack while attending classes at Maryville because she saw the drive in me that I really wanted to get a bachelor's degree. I then graduated with a bachelor's of science degree in rehabilitation services independent living in the spring of 2011. When I graduated, I thought that, look what I just did. I just proved everyone wrong and I reached my goal and followed my dreams. Life after college. I looked for a full-time job in my career field. In May of 2011, I got a full-time job working at United Cerebral Palsy as a restroom monitor. I originally had an interview for a day program assistant. The people who interviewed me thought I was not qualified for that position, so they decided to still hire me for a restroom monitor position. I only lasted there two months. I then advocated for myself and decided to call special school district, a local school district for people with disabilities to see if they had ABA prayer professional job openings. I worked there as going through school, so I figured I'd see if I could get on full-time again. I continued working for special school district. I've been working for special school district for about 20 years, 13 of those years full-time. I also worked for several other disability agencies in the St. Louis area part-time during my summers off and as a second job. I also worked as a respite provider for children and families with autism. In school, it was difficult for me to make friends since I was nonverbal and kept to myself during my preschool years. My only friend in preschool were my brother Alan and my cousins, and my only true friend was my Cabbage Patch doll, Faye Ronnie, until I met my first friend in kindergarten, and we are still friends today. I then continued to make friends throughout my education some I've lost touch with, mainly my friends, are people with disabilities because we understand each other. My friend group has grown since high school. 
We hang out to celebrate birthdays and Christmas. I also hang out with my friends when my schedule permits. The last two years, I have been doing one-on-one outings with my friends for their birthdays instead of giving them tangible items. Memories mean more to me than tangible gifts. No one believed that I would get married, own a house, own a car, and adopt two silly dachshunds whom I also advocate for. In August of 2016, I stumbled upon a blog site for people with disabilities called The Mighty. They had a writing prompt asking people to share stories about their college experiences. Then I had to wait a few weeks for The Mighty to share my story. After my story was posted online, I decided to share my story to other social media pages who I thought might like to share it. I then got a great response back from everyone who read my story, so I decided to start writing a book about my life story. No one ever thought I would start writing a book about my life that people all over the world could read someday. I am writing a book because there are not too many memoirs out there about people who live with a language impairment and learning disabilities. I also want to acknowledge all the people who helped get me where I am today. I appreciate being in a position where I can help people realize their own dreams. I have also shared my story with the Mighty Virtual Presentation, Love What Matters, Different and Able, the Learning Disability Association, National Education Association, as well as the school district I work for and many other conferences. And I also have shared my life story on other podcasts. When I'm sharing my life story, I like to be able to empower and engage individuals to be an advocate for themselves and to have the power to lead their educational and life journey. I am thankful for being able to share my story with you today. I hope you can take away something from my life experiences. I know firsthand how important it is to learn self-advocacy skills at a young age. Being a self-advocate is a very important skill, maybe the most important of all, and it can take you to the places you want and need to go. For more information on this week's guest, visit the episode notes section on awakenyoursoulpodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your story with us, click the share your story section on awakenyoursoulpodcast.com and complete the submission form. The best way to never miss an episode is to subscribe to the podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you stream podcasts. To show additional support for the show, visit the Buy Me a Coffee link in the notes of this episode or become a supporter through Spotify. Your support contributes to the production of this show. Sundays and soulful stories go hand in hand. So join us next week for another life-changing story that will awaken your soul.